Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. Hello, I'm Johnny Dunham, Executive Director of Crime Stoppers of Greater Baton Rouge. Welcome to the return of the Crime Stoppers Podcast. It was an otherwise quiet Wednesday night in 2007 in South Louisiana. A leisurely stroll outside to the vending machine ends in tragedy. The story of the murder of Thomas James is next. Welcome to the Crime Stoppers Podcast. Irwinville, Louisiana is a small rural community tucked away in South Louisiana. Here, Brianna Smith with the West Side Journal talks about this small Louisiana community that many may not have heard of. Irwinville is the most rural and small town part of West Baton Rouge, which is, in terms of land size, the smallest parish in Louisiana. So it's very small town, very close-knit community, uh, rural, lots of sugar cane, lots of old homes along the river. It is not uncommon in Louisiana to find communities that are close-knit, where neighbors actually know neighbors. The town of Irwinville is very small and it's a close-knit community. Lots of farming going on, a people that have been there for generations and have known each other and their families for generations. As close-knit as the community may be, on this night, in 2007, the tranquility of a small Louisiana community was interrupted by violence. Lead investigator Major Brian Doucette recalls the night Thomas James was murdered. It was a Wednesday, March 28, 2007. I was the detective on call. I received a call about 11.50 that night of a shooting at, at Horner's grocery store on Section Road. Horner's is popular to area residents as it serves as a one-stop shop to get many of the things that you may need for home on the way home. It's it's a small grocery store out in Irvingville. It's one of those where, you know, you go, where you stop in to pick up the, the few things that you miss. On this late Wednesday evening in March of 2007, Major Doucette would be alerted to violence only minutes away. So I left, and I live maybe 10 minutes from it, so my response was, was pretty quick. When I got there, they told me that you know, we did have a murder, that there was somebody that was deceased. When I pulled up, there was a blue Buick, which was Thomas's car, in front of the Coke machines. And his body was actually found on, around the side of the building, on the east side of the building. Over the next several minutes, Major Doucette began to ascertain what might have happened on this night in Irwinville. When we started looking at the parking lot, seeing what we had, finding shell casings, it was apparent that he ran in front of the building because there was bullet holes in the front of the building and, and shell casings that 
that spanned all from the front of the building all the way around to the side of the building. But what do all of these details reveal? The amount of shell casings that was there, we knew there was there's two shooters. There's at least two people that's responsible for this. We were able interviewing neighbors uh, because there's houses on both sides of this. One of the neighbors uh, witnessed a uh, little dark-colored car. She didn't know if it was two-door, four-door. She, when she heard the shots inside of her house, she walked out and seen this car leaving out from behind Thomas's car. So it's definitely involved. As the night goes on and the investigation continues, more witnesses begin to speak up. Another witness that was next door that also called. Their house was actually struck by, by some of the rounds. Um, and it was apparent, I guess, when Thomas was running, that when they were shooting at him, they were also hitting these people's house. As neighbors poured out of their homes in the aftermath of all of the gunfire, some of them make a horrifying discovery. They came out after the shooting and actually observed Thomas laying there. And, and they, went, you know, they called 911. But how did the details of this night unfold? Major Doucette attempts to reconstruct what happened in the final moments of Thomas's life. What we believed happened was Thomas was coming back from visiting somebody. We knew he liked soft drinks. These soft drink machines, it's, it's not uncommon. When I worked patrol there to pass and have somebody there, you know, just getting a Coke or whatever because, you know, it's, it's, it's in the country. It's, it's, hey, it's the vending machine in the country, you know. And uh, what we believed was he had pulled in there to get him something to drink, and, and whoever did it either, either saw him there, saw the opportunity, or had been following him and pulled in when he was, when he was at the vending machines, and that's when the shooting started. Almost immediately in the moments after Thomas was shot, the process of investigation begins, and every detail is paid attention to. Seeing the size of the crime scene and how it stretched with, you know, all of these shell casings, I called another detective out to, to help out with it also. And um, we also contacted State Police Crime Lab, which they, they actually sent a couple of people out to process the scene. Usually if a scene's real big, we'll leave it to State Police Crime Lab to, to process it. That's their expertise. The amount of shell casings was, you know, was, was a lot. The ability to canvas and interview witnesses proves valuable at the beginning of any investigation. I started, I, I spoke to one of the witnesses on one side, because uh, there was, like I said, houses on both sides of this little small business. And so we, uh, me and the other detective, we split up. We you know, did our interviews trying to, to locate other, other witnesses, but, and we you know, canvas the area, seeing if anybody's seen anything. Inevitably, in a case like this, things become more intense and more somber when family is made aware. On this night, Thomas's mother is made aware and shows up to see if the rumors are true. His mom actually showed up on scene because we had the roadblock for processing the scene and everything. And I told her then, I'm, I'm going to come talk to you at your house. So Thomas's mother returns home and awaits the news no parent wants to hear. 
I had to take that ride to her house because I told her I was. And she had a feeling, I could tell when I walked up and, you know, her and I looked eye to eye. And, um, but yes, when I told her, she, you know, that it was Thomas and that he is deceased. And she, she you know, she, she hit her knees and, and, you know, and I went down with her. That's, you know, that's her son. My son, Thomas James, was everything to me. He took care of just majority of the bills that I took care of. He was a sweet, loving child. He would do anything for anybody. And for someone to just literally take his life and take him away from, especially me. The love of a mother can never be measured. But the memories Thomas left behind and the lives he touched tell an amazing story about this man. He worked as a carpenter. Even at his funeral, his, his carpenter, the man that he worked for, came and talked. And the man was so emotional because he had such a great worker that he said in a, after a year, he could have turned him loose by himself and had trust in him like that. I'm not with my son 24-7. I'm not going to say he's perfect because there's no perfect man but our God. But he was perfect for me. He was a perfect child to know right from wrong and what he was doing. Some things he might have done wrong. I'm not going to tell you what he didn't do and did do because... I'd be lying because I'm not with him 24-7. But I know he did not deserve what he got. I think what's most heartbreaking for the community in cases like this is that in each of them, someone saw something, someone heard something, and someone out there holds the key to these cases. Now is the time for them to do the right thing and step forward. Be brave and do the right thing. Bring justice to these families and the loved ones they lost far too soon. With the evidence that was on scene, knowing that there was two different kind of guns involved, we know we know there's at least two people involved, okay? And you and I both know that if two people know something, it's not a secret, okay? We know that these people told someone, somebody. There's no way that this couldn't have gotten out. We, we're asking people, this was somebody's son, okay? This was somebody's son. He, he helped take care of that family. You know, she was raising, Miss Michelle was raising these kids alone, so he'll pay bills. This this is somebody that was that was important. And I'm asking anybody, I know people don't like to talk, but you have to put yourself in a mother's shoe. If that was your child or that was your brother, sister, the way my kids are hurting right now behind that brother, you would come forward if you know anything. Your name would not be revealed. I don't want your name revealed. It's between me, you, and the Lord. I don't even have to know your name. Just come forth and let somebody know if you know something that happened to my son, my loving son, Thomas James. It's been 13 long years, and I need some closure. If you know something about this case, okay, we need to we need to hear about it. I told Miss Michelle a long time ago, this is a small community. You're going to hear a lot of stuff, a lot of rumors, a lot of ifs and what ifs, and... And I told her way back then, I said, if you, if anybody comes to you with evidence, with anything, with any kind of information, just tell them stop. I, I gave her a stack of cards. I said, tell them stop. Look, don't tell me. Tell this guy right here. He's the one that needs to hear. And I need to hear that. I need that phone call with information because I know that that people out there, they they know who did this. This was not a random out of state. 
shooter, you know, pull in, shoot, and leave. No, this was, they went, they, they went after Thomas for a reason. And I know there's a number of people that know who did it. Sergeant Don Coppola with Crime Stoppers is here to tell you how you can help get justice for Thomas. It's been 13 years that Thomas James has not returned home. Not only was he a son, he was a provider. Anyone with any information, pick up the phone, call Crime Stoppers, 344-STOP, 344-7867. Go to our website, www.crimestoppersbr.com, or download the free P3 app to submit any information you have on those who may be responsible for taking Thomas James away from his family. Help catch a killer. If you have information, call Crime Stoppers at 344 STOP. That's 344 7867.